0: I firmly believe that every single person has a superhuman self in them. They, like, they have a more to give, more to feel, more to experience, more to serve. But oftentimes, it's the conditioning and it's the upbringing that you've been brought in that kind of dictates your life, right? So most of your beliefs and the way that you view the world were cultivated between zero and seven years old. And so if you are in a, I'm just going to be honest, if you're in an average environment, you grow up average.
1: you are doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Dyrdek, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Today, I am joined by somebody that I think is really going to provide a unique perspective on life and make you a little bit more grateful for the things that you're going through. Nick Santanastasa, what's up, my man? Thanks for joining me on the show.
0: My man, grateful to be here. You crushed my last name. I appreciate it.
1: Hey, I appreciate it. Hey, dude, I'm a podcaster, so I I gotta do something right. Gotta be a proper host.
0: Yeah, happy to be here. Let's drop some bombs here.
1: Yeah, dude, so for context and for those listening that can't see you right now, may not know who you are, 30 seconds on your origin story, what happened and why you're here now.
0: Yeah, I was, I was born with no legs of an arm, was supposed to pass away, didn't pass away. And now I'm in this unicorn body with no legs but an arm. Done, done a lot of ventures in my life, pranking, bodybuilding, speaking, modeling. And uh, we're going to dive into the psychology of how a man with no legs of an arm outworks most human beings.
1: <laughs> yes, I love that segue, man. It's a perfect way to jump right in. On the show, we like to talk about why we're here why give life our best shot if you know everything's over at the end why try and people will find almost any reason in the book to stop trying and you had basically every reason in the book to stop trying and not only that but everybody around you would have completely understood it mm-hmm. would have been one of those unique situations where like not only would you have been justified in that reaction but everybody around you probably would have supported that yet here you are. Why? Why, Nick?
0: Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. I think a lot of it comes from the way that I was, was brought up. And so for example, like I'm born with no legs, one arm. And I was, I was the youngest of four, four together, including me. And so my parents had a little split, split testing to do with the other kids. And I was the last one. Yeah. And so for example, I think it comes from the upbringing because when I was born, my parents at an early age was like, they didn't feed me myself they made me try to figure out how to feed myself. I had to dress myself. Right. And so mm-hmm. I think because my early on conditioning or my environment, I was bred to try new things. I was trying to fail on my face fall on my face, fail more, elevate whatever I'm trying to do, solve problems, all that different type of stuff. But I'll tell you, this is, there's still times for those that are listening, there's still times where I, I want to quit. Right. And we were talking about this earlier. It's like an, it's emotional fitness, which we'll get into. But I think the why of like why we should do something is because I believe, and this is just my beliefs, right? Is like something greater than me put me here, right? I think it's pretty wild. We can get into some dark rabbit holes here, but like, I just think it's wild that we're on a spinning rock and it's spinning around in the middle of nothingness and the sun is perfectly there and it doesn't kill us and it doesn't freeze us. Like, it's pretty weird that we're here. And by the way, you think adults have their shit together and they know the answers. No one has no idea what we're doing here. Absolutely <laughs> any idea if you're telling the truth, right? And yeah. so I think while we're here, I firmly believe that every single person has a superhuman self in them. They like they have a more to give, more to feel, more to experience, more to serve. But oftentimes, it's the conditioning and it's the upbringing that you've been brought in that kind of dictates your life, right? So most of your beliefs and the way that you view the world were cultivated between zero and seven years old. And so, if you are in a, I'm just gonna be honest, if you are in an average environment, you grow up average, yeah, and that's comfortable for you, and that's where you want to stay, and so. I don't even know if I know the answer, but I, I know that I want to live a badass life. But I think the thing is, brother, is that most people don't think that they can achieve the things that they really want.
1: Hmm. Why, why do you think that?
0: Because of their thinking, right? So for example, it's like, if you were brought up, and by the way, I'm not bashing anyone's childhood. It's like, I could tell you all about the beliefs that I were cultivated in my childhood. But yeah. if you were brought up in a household where everybody made minimum wage or they lived paycheck to paycheck, you then become an adult. And if you don't experience other things, you think that's it, right? Right. Or if you lived in section eight or you lived or take a kid that was born in a well, right? And yeah. that's all he experienced. Experience. He's like, what do you mean money's hard to make? It's everywhere. Look at right. like, it's, it's based off the conditioning, right? So, but for those that were brought up and they had to struggle, I think there's more of an advantage for those that struggle because you had to eat a little bit more shit, you had to cultivate a little bit more grit, cultivate a little bit more character. You had to work a little bit harder to become that rather than getting it fed to you, yeah. right? And so I think for me that I wasn't fed opportunities. My parents put me in uncomfortable situations for me to create my own opportunities. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely does. If you were raised, well, let's say there's two, there's two people, one of them, and they're both raised the same way. One of them turns out to do extremely well, go on, make life and experience, and they impact the world around them, and they do all, they check all the boxes of what you would think would make a quote-unquote successful life or appearance of a life. And someone else who grows up in the same way, maybe even in the same house, takes a completely different path. Why do you think that is, and what can we do to proactively try to prevent that from happening to us and to the people in our lives?
0: Yeah. That's a great question. It's kind of like that example is kind of like the two brothers who their dad was an alcoholic and then one saw it one way, one saw it the other way. It's all about just how you are conditioned. So you can even live in the same house, but experience different things. Yeah. So I think which is crazy. how we get out of that, right? How we get out of that is one, you have to be willing to want more. That's the first thing. Shit. If you want to stay average, I don't want to work with you. It's yeah. like you, you can, you can stay average, but for those that feel like their soul has more to be, more to give, more to serve, The first thing is wanting to change and wanting to learn, right? Then the second thing is becoming extremely aware of your human experience. So what I mean by that is becoming extremely aware of your thoughts on a day-to-day basis, Hmm. being extremely aware of your focus on a day-to-day basis, being extremely aware of, is my circle pulling me down? Are they pulling me up? These, like, bro, all I do is help people become extremely aware of what's not serving them so they can strip power away from Right. And so you can have two people grow, grow, growing up in the same house, but two different focus patterns. The one brother focusing on all the things that he can't control. The other brother focuses on the things that he can't control, right? And why that's so important, especially with the focus thing, is what I'm taught is what we focus on, we feel. Mm. And what you feel is your life, right? So we talk about this thing called an emotional home. And your emotional home is a place that you go to when shit doesn't go your way, right? So if I were to ask the audience right now as a listening, how many times a year do I experience anger? Is it once a year? Is it once a month? Is it a couple of times a week? A lot of times, right? And I can ask a series of questions and I can identify the emotion that you are addicted to, whether it's stress, anxiety, whatever it may be. And so if what we focus on, we feel, and what we feel is our life, then really success is like feeling amazing emotions because we all know millionaires and billionaires who have all the money, but they're still miserable and pissed off and angry. That's their quality of life. And then you go to a third world country and you see a kid kicking a can and he's way happier than you, who's really rich.
1: Right, right.
0: The kid who experiences the emotions. And so going into superhuman or success, success isn't always the money. Success is like, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm fulfilled. I feel like I'm progressing. I'm joyful, right? Because like I said, you can have all the money, but still have a shitty, miserable life.
1: Yeah. It's a mindset. It's all the battles won and lost every day in your mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah the software. Uh,
1: yeah, sure. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And there are things that you can do. There are inputs that you can have to the software that makes the outputs a little bit easier to attain, right? What What are some yeah. of those inputs?
0: Yeah. I would say the first one is, remember I said, I don't know if this was on live or now, but the, the quality of our life comes down to the questions we ask, right? Mm-hmm. And most people are asking shitty questions, right? So for example, one of the golden questions that I ask probably like daily is what did I learn from this? Mm-hmm. Right. Because you can have one brother or one sister. They can fail, right? Because by the way, we're all going to fail. It's inevitable. Failure is feedback. But you can have one person growing up and they fail and they always ask, What's wrong with me? Mm. But you can have the other sibling every time they fail, what did I learn? What did I gain? Who did I become? Who's gonna have a different mindset? Right. So it's also the questions. The other thing that usually gets people stuck is their circle. Because to shoot it straight, sometimes it's your closest family and friends that won't align with your vision. Mm. And you can't accept that.
1: Just because someone loves you doesn't mean they give you good advice.
0: Yeah. And sometimes your mom's best intent isn't your best intent. Right. And that's hard for people to swallow. And so I'm not saying cut these people off. Don't say, hey, mom, this guy with no legs on arm or watch this interview, he told me to cut you off. Sue you. Don't say that. (laughs) But what I am saying is you can give them a little bit less time and energy or you don't talk about specific things with them. You don't talk about business. You don't talk about visions. You don't talk about money. There's a time and a place and a, per, a specific person to talk about that shit with. Sometimes it's not your family and friends. Does that make sense?
1: Totally, man. Yeah. What I tell people all the time is like, look, if you have people in your life that are are pulling you down, but they're people that you don't want to get rid of and that you shouldn't get rid of, right? Like you have maybe a childhood friend or you it's it's your parent, it's a sibling. I was people like, don't cut them out of your life. The thing that you need to do is make sure that on purpose, you're spending time with other people who are constantly lifting you up. Like you have to aggressively go after the opposite of what they give you. And what's going to happen naturally over time is that you're going to have a little bit less time to spend with some of those people because you're spending so much time on purpose with these other people. It's like, oh yeah, let's go out to the bar on Friday night. It's like, ah, well, sorry, man, I'm going to actually this event that's in town this personal development event with another friend of mine we already we booked tickets like 3 months ago you know what i mean like go do stuff get around be around those positive people on purpose because the more plans that you make with all the positive people in your life the less time that you'll have to spend with other people and they will kind of like realize that something's happening they will they will take the pressure off and then, by the way, these are the same people that two years later are going to be like, I knew that you were going to do something with your life. Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're going to, and by the way, they want you to be successful. If we're talking about the same people here, these are people that love you, that adore you, that want you to have a good, rich, successful life. It's just that in their head, they're trying to help you avoid the struggle that's necessary to get to that point. Mm. And a lot of times they can't be there during the struggle periods or else they'll help you too much. And then it's like the butterfly coming out of the cocoon. And if you just open up the cocoon for them, they won't be able to fly because the struggle of getting out of the cocoon is what strengthens their ability to fly. And it's the same thing when people around you that love you see you go through the struggle. It's, it's hard. It's hard to watch somebody that you love go through struggle when you know from a knowledge perspective that you could pull them out of it but that that's not the right thing for them. And a lot of times I think a lot of parents and friends and people that are close to you just don't have the ability to wait a little bit to reach out their hand and pull you up. And sometimes you gotta be able to go through yourself and that major props to your parents for doing that for you at at a really young age where, like I said, most people like spoon feed their kids when they're perfectly fine. You know what I mean? (laughs) Your parents were like, your parents was like, nah, bro. So like, figure that out. Like, we're not going to be there. Like, we're not going to be there when you're 30. We're not going to be there when you're 40. We're definitely not going to be there when you're 60, 70, 80. Like, if you want to live a life independent of us, you're going to have to go through your own struggles and you're going to have to figure it out. And that is the ultimate form of love and sacrifice anyway, right?
0: Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Spot on. Not to plug it. My mom wrote a book about how she raised me, but the title is what's most powerful is how we raise an adaptive child in a handicapped world. Mm. Because you can be raised with all your body parts, but still be handicapped and crippled and limited by your upbringing. And mm. you hit it right on the head. It's like, dad's like, yo, there ain't going to be footstools and little rings on the loops and the zippers and all that when you get into the real world. So I'm not going to set my son up for failure. Yeah. But by the way, we're not bashing. We're not bashing your upbringing. You have to understand that your parents did the best they could with what they knew and exactly. their software right? They didn't pop you out and say, oh, I can't wait to put a bunch of limiting beliefs in this little fuck. I'm going to screw <laughs> this little kid up.
1: Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. Right,
0: They didn't do that intentionally. So understanding, right. if you look at it that way, now you have a duty and your duty is to break the generational curses. Your right. duty is to break the generational limiting beliefs. And because oftentimes, right? We're like, you can't build a business. No one in our family has ever built a business. Or honey, everybody's big boned. You're just, you're just fat. It's bullshit. <laughs> it, 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 not true, right? So, you now have a duty to elevate your life. And if you want kids, eventually you're going to have to cultivate your kid's psychology as well. You want to make sure that you're best role model. I don't even have kids. No joke. I just want to share this real quick before we move on. I don't even have kids yet, but I have this little visualization exercise where I picture myself in my office, maybe bigger than this one because I'm elevating, right? And I'm in my office and my kid walks in and he goes, Dad, what happened to you? You used to be like the best speaker. Why'd you give up? Or, Dad, you used to be in such great shape. Why do you got a gut right now? And I can, can you feel that? Can you just like feel like, oh, I'm like, uh right? And so I do that when I need a kick in the ass. But yeah, so, but I, you have a duty. And by the way, like, that's what I said is, I, I believe something greater than you put you here. And at least we could do is like, leave the earth a little bit better than what we left. And by the way, the earth is, it's hurting. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of bad people. We need more leaders and we need more people with good gifts to give to the world.
1: Yeah, I did the moment. I really felt in full effect the idea that like my parents really were just doing the best that they could with the information that they had at the time was when I had my kids because in those moments I realized that like I don't know what the hell I'm doing (laughs) like this is this is gonna be a crazy journey because like I don't know the first thing about being a parent I didn't grow up like I didn't grow up with younger siblings or anything like that I didn't grow up raising babies or kids I don't know any of that stuff man it was just like when you have kids you're just like Oh, so like, this is why I have some issues in my brain that are like, because there's no such thing as a perfect parent because there's no such thing as a perfect person. We're all going to have issues with the way that we're wired based on the way they were raised. And to your point, it's just our responsibility to try to be a little bit better than they were. And then try to make, try to set our kids off in a direction that was maybe better than the one that we were set off in. And then it's our kids' responsibility to do that for their kids and then their kids for their kids. You know what I mean? It's just, generationally continuing to get better over time as a a society and, and owning that as your choice. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors Can you talk a little bit Nick about responsibility because this is one of this is one of our core values in my company it's one of our core values in our family almost at the very top of the list every time is take radical responsibility because I think everything in life is your responsibility it doesn't mean that it's your fault but it does mean that it's your responsibility and I'm sure you have something on this because obviously you didn't choose to be born with no legs and one arm you know what I mean? And, and there was nothing that you did to deserve that. It's not like you were 21 and drinking and went and got in a car accident. And now you only have one. You know what I mean? Like There was nothing that you did to deserve that. Yet, here you are. So what now?
0: Yeah, responsibility. This is very interesting because we all know the law of cause and effect. Well, we think we know the law of cause and effect, right? So the law of cause and effect says, because of this, I'm this way, right? but a lot of people use the the law of cause and effect in the wrong way to play victim. So Mm. for example, it's like, I'm not successful because my parents did this to me, right? I'm successful because I got a divorce. I'm not I'm overweight because my mom fed me this. And what we're doing is we're blaming that cause for where we are, right? Rather than taking what you said, responsibility. And so that's how we stay in this victim mentality. Now why the victim mentality is so powerful right now is because what happens when you play victim, you get praise, Mm. You get likes, you get comments, you get sympathy, you get significance, you get eyeballs. But I'll tell you attention. this. Victim, yeah, attention. Victim Victims don't win long term. Mm. They only get short term, right? So what you're talking about, which I love your core values, is if you can go from cause and effect to causing an effect, mm. that's shifting from victim to victor. That's from victim to superhuman, realizing that the only reason why I'm here is because my actions that I took. And that's taking full responsibility, extreme ownership, whatever term you want to call it, right? And yeah. so- understand shit. Even leaders, even when it's not their fault, it's their fault, right? They own that shit, right? And yep. there's a certain power that you get to take back when you step into responsibility because you know that because of this, I'm this way. That's and, it. And, and by the way, I made a post and I got a bunch of hate on it. I don't know if it's because I posted Trump or because the caption was aggressive. <laughs> what I was saying was, I said, if you live in America and you are blaming the current sitting president for the reason why you're not successful, you're fooling yourself. And so taking responsibility is taking your power back. And so that's my definition. I don't know if that helps.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and it goes for any sitting president. Yeah, like I don't care who it is. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, it Like the bottom line is, you're responsible. And what you said at the end there was really for me when it clicked, like what? Because I heard people say like, take responsibility, take responsibility. But it was, I don't know, maybe three, four years ago now where it really clicked with me where it was what you said, you're taking power back. Yeah. And that to me was the crux of the whole argument was just like, If you don't take responsibility for things and you don't take responsibility for the position that you're currently in in life, how the hell are you supposed to get to where you want to go? If nothing is within your control, if nothing is your fault, how do you improve? You know what I mean? And so you get these people that want to, when things go bad, they want to play the victim. And then when things go well, their ego kicks in and they want to be the the man. They want to be like, oh, I caused that shit to happen. It's like, look, man, you don't get both. Okay. Like either everything is your fault, everything is your responsibility, excuse me, your responsibility, or nothing is. Like you don't get to be like, oh, when things are going well, it's because I did something really awesome. And then when things are going poorly, it's like, well, it's because they did something really bad. Like you either are responsible for everything or you're responsible for nothing. And I would way rather choose a life where I'm responsible for everything. Because at least I have a say in what happens at that point. Life is no longer happening to me. It's happening because of me, because I chose to do something. And even if that something ends up in something bad, that's something that I have to live with. But that's something I would way rather live with than just sitting there and being like, hope life turns out well. Hope that investment goes well for me. You know what I mean? Like, like what, what kind of a life is that? That sounds awful. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Where do you and, go from there?
0: And then taking accountability too, it's like, that means I'm accountable for the way I feel. Mm. Like it's up to me to feel a certain way. It's up to me to focus on the specific things. It's up to, for me to think a certain way, right? So now there's no, there's no blaming, right? And you take the crutch and, it, and it's just all you. And so, and I know like since you brought up Ed too, it's like we can, people talk about intent, but they don't really go deep on it. Like you can be intentional about the thoughts that you want to think. You mm-hmm. can be intentional about the emotions you want to feel on a day-to-day basis. That's why people look at me and they go, how are you so happy? It's because I train myself. I train, and I'm not saying that I don't have moments the thing is most humans have shitty days. I have shitty minutes. It's very small. I'm able to snap out of it. And so I love that. It's taking full responsibility is instead of sitting in the passenger seat of life, now you're in the driver's seat, right? And you dictate where you want to go, how you want to feel and the people that you want to meet, all of that.
1: How do you control, like you personally, not generally, how do you control some of your thoughts and emotions and things like that? Like when you, obviously everybody feels bad. Everybody has bad days. Everybody has bad moments. How do you consciously pull yourself out of those? Maybe it's subconscious at this point, but, but what did you do to start moving that direction?
0: Yeah, so the first thing is just being aware, right? So a lot of the times you can wake up and feel shitty. And you're like, oh, I guess my whole day is shitty and that's not true, right? Yeah. So first thing is being, being aware of like, okay, here's stress or hello, anxiety, you're back. And then it's asking yourself, well, where did this come from? Because remember I said, what well, you focus on you feel. So a lot of anxiety, stress, anger is self-induced because you're focusing on something that's making you feel that way right so i would say for me and i know you said not general but but for me for me it's i understand the principle so for example and, I, and my yoda if i'm baby yoda yoda's tony i get to spend a lot of time with tony robbins right so there's three things that make up your state your emotional state the first thing is your physiology so when you're stressed and full of anxiety you're not breathing you're breathing shallow you're not breathing full so i'm like okay where's my where's my breath at the other thing is your physiology so you'll notice people will come up to you and they'll go you just feel so shitty today. It's like, no shit. Like, look where your head is. Look where your shoulders are, right? So it's physiology, right? The second thing, which is massive, what I just already taught was focus. What are you focusing on? A lot of the times people focus on the things that they can not control. They focus on the things that they don't have. And a lot of times they focus on the past and they repeat the event over and over again. And you tell me, can you focus on an event that was negative in the past and feel the emotions in the present moment? Oh yeah. And that's how the brain works is, we will we we'll relive a death of a family member over and over again? right? That's how we get addicted to specific emotions. Mm. And then the third thing that makes up your emotional state and how you feel is the language that you use and the meaning that you give things. So for example, remember like the, the two boys that had the alcoholic father, you can ask the one boy, you could say, how's life? And the one kid goes, life's a battle. And if he's, he says life's a battle, that means life's hard, life's mm. a fight, life's life or death. And But you can ask the other kid, how's life? He goes, life's a dance. Hmm. You yep. see, you just feel differently based on the meaning that you gave life. Right. For example, for me, I thought being born with no legs or arm was the biggest curse for the majority of my life until I asked myself what's right about it. Mm. When I asked myself what's right about it, I realized, well, okay, if a girl doesn't want to date me because of, of how I look. That's clearly an indicator that, that I don't even want that girl anyway. It's not sure. the type of human being that I want to be around with. So now I'm not a curse. My no legs on arm is the greatest blessing, the greatest gift, the greatest form of influence, right? And then also the language that you use. So you'll notice, by the way, for those that are listening, now that you're aware of the tools, you'll see it all around you. Like, oh. Nick said that. Did that happen, <laughs> right? So for example, the great example is we've all heard someone say, she stabbed me in the back. Where's the knife? Just by the language you use, you made the experience way more intense than what it was. Sure. Or you'll hear people all the time, maybe family members without saying their name. It's like, you almost gave me a heart attack. It's like, bullshit. <laughs> I like bullshit. Like, But do you see how we can make things way extreme by the language that you use? Right. So those are the three things that make up how you feel, right? Your physiology, your focus, and the language and the meaning that you give things.
1: Yeah, and then you know, you start telling yourself that life's a battle or life's a war, then you're going to start subconsciously looking for the battles. Yeah. Like you start training yourself to look for all the things that are bad about it instead of training yourself to look for all the things that are are good about it. That confirmation bias kicks in and you want to look for all the things that are going to confirm why you're a victim and why you're not where you want to be and why everybody else is really against you and all of those things.
0: Per, that, bro spot on it's and it's a great example when you hear someone say, "Well, I always have shitty bosses, yeah, it's because they'll go into a new job and they'll find the shit in the boss to confirm their beliefs, right yeah. so that's the thing is your brain is always going to try to prove your beliefs, right, so you better make sure you have some good beliefs
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's well said, man. well said, Nick, thanks so much for doing this man i I, I appreciate it I've always love doing these types of interviews because it always enriches me by the time we're done with them, and it gives me some energy to go tackle the rest of my day so. Before we take off, is there anything else that you want the audience to know?
0: Yeah, I would just end off with knowledge. Knowledge is okay, but the real power comes from imp- implementation. And the truth is that most people have all the knowledge, but they'll never act on it. Yeah. So if you've got something from this podcast, and I know you've gotten some ton of stuff from Travis's podcast, is don't do yourself and uh, ourselves a disservice by just listening and not taking action. Remember, nick it is one finger and just take action at least on one thing that we said. Because we know you have more to be more to give and more to serve and you deserve a greater standard of life So we want to help you get there quicker and faster
1: Don't be the person hesitating man. Just take action be the action taker It's always crazy to me, man. People get so scared of taking action It's like well, what if I lose money? What if I do this? What if I do this? And it's like, yeah, that's probably gonna happen I hate to break it to you, but it's pro- like you're probably gonna waste money on something at some point You're probably gonna waste a little time on something at some point, but what's the alternative? sitting on your hands forever, like that's a bad plan. That's a bad strategy. (laughs) Stop thinking too much and just take action. I promise you that the act of taking action is going to move you closer to your goals, even if the action that you're taking is moving you further away. The overall decision to take action is going to move you closer. So Nick, thank you so much for taking the time, man. This is a lot of fun. Send in love. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to Travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's Travischapel.com slash team.